thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, good to see you. Today, uh, we are going to continue in that series, In It, Not Of It, and we've been in it. We did an intro, intro of that, and then we talked about it last week a little bit. want to talk a little bit more about it today. Um, next Sunday is Lord's Supper, and... Um, so make sure you're here for that. It's a very sweet, wonderful time for the church family. Today, after the second service is baptism, uh, we, have, uh, we had five. Now we have three. We had a little family emergency that, that cut in the two of them. But uh, baptism after the second service today, so you want to be a part of that. But uh, grab your word and grab your bulletin. We are in uh, that series, In It, Not Of It. We're talking about how do we live in it but not of it. We're in this world, there's no doubt about it, but how do we live in this world as a believer, as a born-again child of the king, but not be of this world? It's interesting in this postmodern, post-Christian generation that we live in, uh, how many people today cannot make decisions? I mean, one of the things that weigh against us is is the, is the ability to be indecisive. You can't make a decision. They, they can't accept the fact that life is made up of either-or decisions, and they kind of want to keep their options open. They don't commit to anything, non-committal, okay? And that's kind of where we are. The word decision is a, is a Latin word, which simply means to cut off or to cut. To cut off or to cut. Basically, if you decide to go this direction, you've cut off all other options of going any other direction, okay? That's what that simply means. So basically like this, if you choose after church to go eat Chinese food, you've cut off all ribeyes. That's what that means, all right? You've cut them off. You've cut off all burgers. You're going Chinese, okay? It, that's your decision, okay? Now, the back seat, well, why? I don't like Chinese. I don't like steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know some families, I mean, that, that something's got to give eventually. But, but if they have a certain food, let's say it's liver and onions mom's cooking, okay, and the three kids don't like liver and onions, the truth is that if you got three kids that I know families that will go to three different restaurants, get three different things for their kids at their favorites to keep the peace at home at the table. When I was growing up, my dad said, we're having peas, we're having potatoes, and liver and onions. I don't like any of it. Okay, then we have water. Boy, that's a very filling meal, isn't it? You just sucked it up and ate it. Today, we go to Chick-fil-A and get this for Susie. We go over here to Burger King because they don't like chicken, so we get that. And then we go over here and get Chop Chop, and then and Mom and Dad eat liver and onions. And we do that. Why? Oh, we don't want to force that on them. They don't like that. We keep the peace, make the harmony at home, and that kind of stuff. But, but we, live, we, we create a generation that can't make decisions. It's either or. This is what we're having. How hungry are you? And that's it. But, but that's where we live. So, so case in point, if you choose to marry this person, you've cut off all other options. That's just, that's just how it is. You've just cut them off because you've made a decision. And we don't, that, we don't do that like we used to. We, we want to keep our options open. But nowhere in Scripture is that available to us. 
Nowhere. It's just not in there. Let's look at a couple things. We've, we've looked at these texts before. Let's look at them again. Because many people who make a decision for Christ say they made a decision for Christ, but when you watch them, look at them, and, and see their life, you, there's not much different in them. There's not a lot of difference in them. The key step to spiritual maturity is developing the ability to make firm decisions, righteous decisions, and then 110% backing those decisions. All right? That's what spiritual maturity looks like. When you flush it out, that's what it looks like. So let's look at a couple of options on this. Go to Matthew's Gospel. Go to Matthew chapter uh, 16. Matthew 16, look at verses 24 to 26. You'll remember this from Not a Fan series. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to the disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? I want you to flip over a little bit to to Luke. Go to Luke 9. Same basic scenario here, just a little different take on this. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever wants to lose it, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit his very self? Watch 26. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him. When he comes, the glory and the glory of the Father and the glory of the holy angels. If anyone is ashamed of me. He told those guys, hey, you want to follow me? Drop your nets. You got got to love me more than you love mama, daddy, sister, brother, and your boat and follow me. Well, well, that's a little, that's, that's kind of strong, don't you think? Well, can I just take some of my nets with me? No. No. Well, what if my mom wants to go? She can go on her own. If you want to follow me, you need to follow me. Because you can't sit in the bleachers and clap for me and do my work on the field. You can't do that. Either you're going to get on the field or not. Well, they may get criticized down there. They will get criticized down there. Well, people are going to make fun of me down there. They will make fun of you down there. Well, I may be the only, you may be the only one. But you've got to decide if I'm worth it. See, we, we live where... Who, you going to camp this year? Uh, well, who all's going? Never mind. We don't want you. I mean, who all's going? Are you kidding me? When's that? Oh, y'all want to follow me? Yeah, we want to follow you. Who, gee, who's going, Jesus? Well, Thomas is going. No, I don't like Thomas. See, we, that's not how it is. We want either or. We want, we want it to be either, either or. We don't, we don't want to jump out there and commit. Want, pop that slide up, Jared, for me. Look at this slide right here. It's a wonderful thing to do the Lord's work, but it's far greater to do the Lord's will. Mm. Next one. 
It is the will of God for us to be found faithful. It is the will of God for us to be trusting and obedient. It's great to do the Lord's work, but it is even better, even better to do his will. And his will is to be faithful, trusting, and obedient. So you say, how do you live in it and not of it? I'll tell you this. If you're going to be in the world today but not of it, there are certain things you've got to cut off. I mean cut off. You say, well, what if I just kind of pushed them to? No, you cannot push them to the side. You cannot move them to another room in your house. You cannot put them at work and just push them away at work but come home and they, be, and they stay at work. They don't. All that stuff comes, you got to cut it off, okay? You got to make a decision that it's either or. You can't do both. And that's what we want to do in this society, and you can't do that, okay? I want to look at two things today. Now, I could group a whole bunch of stuff in this, but, but I don't want to get distracted on chasing eight or nine things we got to cut off. I've narrowed it down to two simple things that I believe you've got to cut off if you're ever going to be in it and not of it. Because if these two things are visible in your life, you will be in it and of it. That's what you'll be, okay? Number one is simply our tongue. I'm sorry. That's, that's just a bad number one to start right there. Our tongue, lips. I want you to go to James's gospel. James is, we did a big series on James four, five, six years ago. We understand that James is written to whom? Christians. So don't get confused that this was written for lost people because it's not, all right? So look at verse 8 before we, we in church we excuse ourselves. That's for those other people. No, this is for us. Thank you. All right. Verse 8, chapter 3. James 3, 8. But no man, that's very important. If you have your own Bible, you can put a box around that. No man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of what? Deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, it should not be. Our tongue. Our lips absolutely have to be cut off if we're ever going to be in it and not of it. Our tongue, man, I'm telling you right now, you can be in a setting and listen to conversation and listen to speech and listen to stuff and go, I don't even know who's lost and who's saved. I don't. Because you hear gossip out of both parties. You hear lying out of both lost and saved. Critical spirit, oh my goodness, critical spirit, cynical, negative, complaining, and grippy. Is that a tongue of a believer? Does believers who have been bought by the blood of the Lamb, been redeemed, have a new home in heaven, will walk on streets of gold, 
I'm telling you, they're saved and born again. Once was blind, but now they see. Once was purposeless, but now they have a purpose. Once without a hope, but now they have a hope. They've been saved, man. And, and, and you think a saved person, their lifestyle consists of this. Gossip, lying, critical spirit, cynical, negative, complaining, and griping. In it, but not of it. If this is you, you're in it and of it. And you're not recognizable out there. You say, well, it doesn't happen in church. Be careful. Be careful. I mean, I've been in not just this church, but other churches, and you'll see stuff like you have a family join, and, and on the way out, man, it's good to have that new family. Yeah, preacher, but there were bugs in the hall. Well, thanks for noticing. Thanks for noticing. Hey, did you see that guy get saved? 47-year-old father of three got saved today. Yes, but the youth ran out of cinnamon twist. Well, thanks for noticing. That's, that's very good. Thank you for noticing. Wasn't that some great worship today? My goodness, his presence is awesome. It's a little warm, preacher. It's a little warm today. Thanks for noticing. Appreciate you being here. I mean, it's that kind of stuff that I'm like, come on, man, that'll drain you. Critical, grippy, whiny spirit. Come on Wednesday night. Isn't that great? 104 kids from K to 4. It's a little loud in there, though. That's a little loud. That's quite loud. Well, I'm, thanks for noticing. God bless you. God bless you, and God bless you. All right? I mean, I'm not like, what in the world? That stuff will absolutely drain your battery. I mean, it'll just suck the air out of you. If you're a lost, I mean, if you're a saved person and you're in a setting where there's just, say there's a bunch of ladies or men and they're just gossiping and lying, you've got to cut that off. You've got to get out of there. You cannot hover. You're not a hovercraft. Get out, all right? You've got to get out of there. You say, well, I'm, I'm trying to be the light. No, you're not. You're getting sucked in, and you're doing the same thing they're doing, and what their tongue's doing to you is zapping everything in you spiritually. It's killing you. you got to cut that off. You say, well, doesn't it hurt if I cut my tongue off? It might hurt for a little bit. Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Mm, that's kind of graphic. Yeah, it is. If, it, it, you need to surrender your tongue. I mean, if, if, if you're in that situation where you just automatically, I mean, you just walk into a setting, and as soon as you arrive, you have the ability, not of God, this is not by the Spirit, but you have the ability to walk in any setting, no matter how rich, beautiful, and gorgeous it is in the presence of the Lord, and find something wrong. That is not a spiritual fruit. That's a spiritual weed. If it's even spiritual, it's just a weed. That does not come from our God. That does not. Hey, what are y'all talking about? Oh, we're griping. Oh, okay. Y'all just carry on. I mean, what you have to do is understand something. If it's you, you're going to have to cut that tongue off. You say, well, Jeff, I, don't, I can't cut my tongue off. Okay, don't cut the tongue off. Cut the tongue and lay it at the altar of God. He says, no man can tame the tongue. But the maker of the tongue can tame the tongue. 
So you need to surrender that which you cannot control because right now you're not mature enough spiritually to handle your own tongue. So you need to give it to God until you get enough fortitude in your guts and enough word in you that when you open your mouth, it comes out the word in prayer and praise in a new song instead of cursing and bellyaching and griping and complaining and lying and gossiping and slandering and cynical. You need to surrender that nasty poison because it is killing you and everybody around you. And if you think it's drawing a crowd, it is not drawing a crowd. It kills us. kills the church and it kills the kingdom. So you need to cut the tongue off and lay it at the altar. And God will sew it back on when he thinks you're ready. But right now you've got to give it up because you can't control it. I won't do it no more. Yeah, you will. Be just like a parent. Look at your kid in the eye and go, I know you're going to do it again. I can tell. Your eye dancing. I'm about to make that eye stop. Because you can tell when your kids are like, I won't do it no more. And you're like, I promise you before the crow crows, I am going to pop your bottom because you're going to do that again. I can tell. Because they're going to do it, man. You got to know that. You got to give that up. All right? The same tongue does all that. But here's what's crazy about the same tongue and lips. It is the same tongue and it's the same lips that utters these words. I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm going to tell you right now, to be in this world and not of it, you have got to be different in forgiveness. Man, I'm telling you, when I hear, when I hear people who are saved, and I mean, they're born again. They've been saved for a long time, and they simply say these words. I, I can't forgive them yet. I'm not ready to forgive them yet. Hmm. He wasn't either. But he did. For those who've been forgiven much, much forgiveness is required. And I'm telling you right now, you want to change this world? Go out in this world and forgive. And that'll mess them up, man. Turn the other cheek. Let them go. Don't seek revenge. Pray for your enemy. Set that enemy free. I'm telling you right now, when that tongue that can't constantly, can't utter anything but complaining, can utter forgiveness, it, I mean, it rocked the world, man. It'll change the world. I got to roll on. Second thing, number one we got to cut off is our tongue or our lips sometimes. Secondly is our company. Mm. Our company. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians. Very familiar text. Second Corinthians, I mean, uh, second, I'm sorry. First Corinthians, don't go to Second Corinthians. Right. Go to First Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 33. First Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Let me help you with that. That simply means don't be fooled. Don't be tricked. Don't think just because you've been hatched, this is different today. It's still the same. Don't think this is old text. Don't be misled. Don't think this doesn't apply today. Don't think this is not effective today. Do, do not think that this does not bear fruit today. It does bear fruit today. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts 
good character. Bad company corrupts good character. My friends, for some of us, we do an outstanding job in every area, but our company, our friends, our posses, our homies, our girls, our guys that we partner with absolutely kill us. They just kill us. Man, we walk out of here, and I mean, we're jacked up, fired up, and we're ready to take hell with a water gun. And by Friday or Saturday, we are absolutely done, and we've got to have Sunday again. All right? That is not victorious living. The reason is, our people that we hang with, they don't produce in us a fruit they suck it out of us. They suck the life out of us. They, they, they take it out of us. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. But I'm going to tell you the same thing absent the opposite. One man will dull another man. Okay? A group of people will dull another man. A group of ladies will dull another woman. You've got to... You've got to be careful who you're hanging with because they are a 24-hour-a-day preacher. And they're preaching into you, and they're speaking into you, and they're making a difference in your life, and you don't even know it. With, you, with them, you talk a different way. With them, you do a different thing. With them, you go a certain place. With them, you excuse a different behavior. And with them, certain things are allowed. My friends, if you've got a company problem, you need to cut ties with them. You've got to cut ties with them, all right? You say, well, if I do that, preacher, I'm going to be all by myself. Well, you've got to trust God and love God enough that you can lose the losers and God are producing you winners. But you're not going to win if you continue to hang around those guys and those ladies. I'm telling you right now, those people will drag you down. You can't ever get traction, man. man you, you take two steps forward and one step back. Or one step forward and two steps back. You can't go anywhere. Why? Because those people, okay, that you're a partner with, hanging with, are absolutely draining you. You've got to cut them off. You've got to cut them off. And you've got to trust God, the sovereign God who redeemed you, that if you cut them off, he will give you new friends that will sharpen you and take you further than you've ever been. And my friends, listen to me. You say, well, preacher, that just goes totally against evangelism. I'm supposed to have lost people in my life so I can bring Jesus to them. Yes. But if you're not able to bring Jesus to them because when you're with them, you act like the enemy, how in the world are they going to get saved? Because when you're with them, you act like them. There's no difference. Well, I don't cuss near as much as they do. Near as much. That's nice. That's kind of like being half pregnant. That didn't even happen. Okay? You, what is that? You want a trophy? I don't cuss near as much as they do. What do you want? A trophy in the mail for that? You can't do that. You, I mean, you either light or you're not. Because the Bible says if there's a little bit of darkness in the light, then guess what? You're not light. Gray is dark. Okay? Either the light or you're not the light. You're either the salt or not the salt. You've got to cut them out. They won't understand. They're going to get mad. Listen to me. Do, he told the disciples, you, you've got to love me more than you love your mama and your daddy if you're going to follow me. 
How much do you love him? How much do you want to be a follower of his? How much do you want it? Because you're going to have to cut ties with them until you're able to have some of them brought back into your life by God and God alone when they're ready. If you will take care of business and cut ties and go out there and live the light, God's going to bring you new friends. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be shocked of how many of those old guys that through the years begin to come back. You may not get them all, but you will get some. And the some that you do get, oh, they will be divine appointments, my friend. And here's the deal. Don't play God and say, well, what about the other ones? Are we just throwing them in a the ditch? Hey, there's more out there living for Jesus than this you. They could partner with somebody else. God could bring somebody else in their life, and you don't even know it. So don't try to play God. Just love God and love him more than the company you keep. Some of us, our tongues are killing us. So some of us, it's our company that's killing us, and we've got to cut them off. Last thing, and we're out here. I want you to go to Romans real fast. Romans real fast. Romans 12, 2. This has kind of been our text, our theme verse. I want to kind of wrap it up with this. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you ever, ever, ever want to win the battle of the tongue and the company, every day, my friends, you're going to have to renew your mind. If you don't renew your mind, you're going to be drifting in areas that you shouldn't be drifting into. The renewing of your mind will help you surrender the tongue, and the renewing of the mind will help you stand and cut off the old company. You got to, man. You got to, okay? This altar is going to be open during the invitation. A crowd this size, I guarantee you, there's some people in here that need to cut off some company and cut off some tongue. Don't let that stuff make you look like the world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, of this world. Don't, we are called to be in it, not of it. Not in it and of it. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. God, you're good. God, we want to be like you. We want to look like you. We want to represent you well. And so, God, your word has been spoken. And your presence is in this room. God, I pray that during this invitation time that we will simply, as believers, as children of you, do what you have called us to do. Be obedient to what we have heard. God, that we will cut off things in our lives so that we may look more like you and be in it and not of it. God, we don't want to be like the world. We don't want to be the, the world any longer. We want to be set apart and different than the world. So do it in us, and our feet will step in obedience to what you've asked us to. In Christ's name, amen. When I ask you to stay.